Well, God bless you. Welcome to the wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are going to be talking about fervency today. And we're going to find ourselves in 1 Corinthians and also in a variety of New Testament scriptures. So let's go ahead and pray and we'll get right into the word of God. Father, we thank you today. We thank you, Lord, that uh, we've heard from heaven and Lord, uh, heaven has sent uh, his word and uh, has healed us and delivered us from all of our destructions. And we thank you for it, Father. Now, Lord, we just uh, lean upon you and look to you, Holy Spirit, for these next uh, a few minutes, Lord, in this session. Lord, and help us. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. In the epistle to Jude, uh, in beginnings of uh, verses 6 and 7, uh, Jude talks about certain so-called believers. Uh, coming into uh, the churches unawares. Uh, these were morally corrupt people, uh, and they were teaching and encouraging all kinds of debauchery, uh, talking about going after strange flesh. Well, we know what strange flesh is. It's homosexuality and uh, sexual uh, fornication and sexual immorality, uh, a perversion that uh, was trying to creep into the church. And also, uh, Jude reminds uh, the church, the believers, that uh, this was the reason why Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. And uh, so we see the church today accommodating this type of strange flesh, accommodating homosexuality, lesbianism, accommodating uh, transgenderism, accommodating all types of this fleshly uh, sin that, uh, that God has already spoken of in his word, that he is in opposition to it. And then people who enjoy these things, people who uh, give themselves to these things, if they don't repent, they will be uh, destroyed. Well, we see this uh, this type of behavior being acceptable by the church today. And why is that? Well, because of lack of fervency. And so I want to go ahead and look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, something that the Apostle Paul said concerning our race that we are to run in this life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 uh, through 27, very familiar passage of Scripture. And uh, he tells us that, uh, that we are to do certain things, that uh, we are to run our race. That, and Paul reminds uh, the, the believers in, in Corinth that uh, he's not one that fights like beating the air. Uh, he's one that uh, that competes uh, just like an Olympian would compete. Amen. That he gives himself to training. He gives himself to discipline. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Olympian runners, uh, they train so hard and so long, many times uh, eight to 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, they the, everything is regulated in their life. Uh, they do not want to have one ounce of flesh. Uh, one ounce of fat on their body, uh, because that may be the determining factor whether or not they win or whether or not they lose. And so, uh, and the scripture tells us that we are to fight the good fight of faith. Well, that requires discipline. It requires uh, staying and doing the very things that God said that what we must do or the, what the word says that we must do in order to be uh, victorious. And so, uh, to fight and to be a victor uh, requires us then 
to have a stated goal concerning what we want to accomplish in this life. Well, that stated goal is uh, the finish line. We want to finish strong. Amen. Hallelujah. And that is worth fighting for. Uh, Whatever is good that's in the word of God is worth fighting for. Jesus, victory in Jesus is worth fighting for. So that is our goal. Amen. To live life as God would have us to live it, to live as God lives us. That's really what we're talking about here. We're talking about the the God kind of life. The God kind of fighting, the God kind of warfare, the God kind of victory that we have in Jesus Christ. Now, notice what Paul says. He says, know you not that they which run in a race run all, but only one receives the prize. Amen. You are running a race. And of course, this race that you're running is against the world, the flesh and the devil. Amen. Any one of those three will trip you up. That's exactly what Paul, in writing to the Hebrew Christians, said. Amen. That we are to lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And we are to run this race with patience, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Now, in lieu of the fact that we have been born again, we have become the righteousness of God in Christ. God has clothed us with his righteousness. Amen. All past sins have been erased. They've been washed away in the blood of Jesus. And now he tells us that we are to continually on a day to day basis, judge ourselves in light of our redemption in Christ Jesus. The very fact that we are washed in the blood of Christ, that we have been made the righteousness of Christ in him, that we have the Holy Spirit both within us and upon us to do the very things that God has called us to do. So how can we be defeated? There's only one way we can be defeated. That we're yielding to the world, we're yielding to the flesh, or we're yielding to the devil. The very person that God has given us power to overcome. Greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So Paul tells us in verse 24 that we are to run a race. Now, verse 25, he says, And every man that strives for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we do it in order to obtain an incorruptible crown. And then Paul writes this, I therefore so run. It's interesting to note that the apostle Peter told us to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. But Solomon reminds us in uh, 2 Corinthians, I believe it's chapter 16 and verse 9, that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of those whose hearts are sincere towards him. So while the devil is walking in this earth, God is running in this earth. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we're running. Amen. And he has us run. We're running this race. Praise God. We're not walking. We're running. Amen. Praise God. And he is the one that always renews our strength. 
Amen. We'll walk and not be weary. We'll run. We'll run, praise God, and not faint. Hallelujah. Amen. And then Paul, once again, says, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beats the air, but I keep under my body. See, this is the key. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway or I myself should be placed upon the sidelines. Have you ever been in a ball game? Maybe in the outfield or running or playing shortstop or second base. And I mean, you're you're making one error after another. And right in the middle of the game, the coach just stands up. Amen. Sends a runner out there to replace you. And in humiliation and in shame, you've got to go sit on the bench. I mean, I've seen it happen. I used to be a pitcher, used to be a dynamo pitcher for my age. And then one day I just, uh, I, I don't know, I was off. And uh, I tell you, the, 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 the batters on the other team, they were hitting me, throwing, you know, hitting doubles and all kinds of stuff. And finally, the coach just took me out of the ball game. That was humiliating. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. That happened to my grandson. He made one error and the coach just uh, uh, took him out of the ball game, put somebody in his place. That was humiliating. It sure was. We didn't like that. Didn't like it at all. But see, that's things like that happen. So uh, sin will easily beset us. Sin will place us on the sidelines. And of course, the reason why we give in to the world, the flesh and the devil is because we don't maintain a fervency in the spirit. And that's really what uh, this session is all about. Fervency. Well, what does fervency mean? Well, in the English dictionary, it means having or displaying a passionate intensity. Notice that displaying a passionate intensity. So I want to ask you this morning, are you passionate? Do you have a passionate intensity concerning serving God? Amen. I mean, you love the word of God. You can't wait to get into the word. You love prayer that you meet God first thing in the morning. You open up your heart to him. You're praying in the spirit. Amen. You're drawn from the Holy Ghost of the very things, you know, and you just you're not actually looking for anything. You're just enjoying the fellowship and God's presence. Amen. And then you have a passion for the word of God. Uh, you love to hear teaching and preaching of the word. You, you love the word of God. You love reading the word of God. Amen. Well, that's having a passionate intensity, a fervency about the things of God. You can't wait uh, to talk to somebody about the Lord. You can't wait to pray for people who have needs. That's having a passionate intensity in serving the Lord Jesus. Amen. And of course, Scriptures talk to us concerning uh, fervency. As a matter of fact, Paul, writing to the Roman church in, in chapter 12, verse 11, told the, told the church, he said, Now be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Hallelujah. Now the centenary translation says, Be glowing in the spirit. The Weymouth translation says, Have your spirits aglow. The Goodspeed translation says, Be on fire with the spirit. The Revised Standard Version says, be aglow with the Spirit. Amplified says, be aglow and burning with the Spirit. So in all of these different translations, we get the idea that our spirit nature 
is to say, stay aglow and aflame and to be constantly lit with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Hallelujah. Our spirit then is to be enlightened. It's to be empowered with the Holy Spirit. That's how God would have us to live in this life. And of course, Paul tells us that in his writings to the Ephesian church, that we are to be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit to the point to where we are speaking to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our hearts to the Lord. And then the companion epistle to the Colossians in chapter 3, Paul writes to them and says, let the word of God dwell in you richly, teaching one another and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord and glorifying him. Hallelujah. So there is a process whereby we are to be full of the spirit of God, be full of the word of God to be full of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Now, what does that do? Being full of the Word, being full of the Spirit, creates a fervency in our life, and that fervency does what? It separates us from the things of the world. Hallelujah. This separation is what we call holiness. God requires us to be holy. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Amen. Well, holiness is separation. That's exactly what it is. Sanctification, being separated. Amen. Now, Christ did that the very moment we reach out to him. Amen. He, he giving us the strength to do that, to receive the new birth, to be born again, to be saved. God immediately separates us. Amen. Praise God. Translates us out of the kingdom uh, out of the uh, power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. See, we're separated. Well, that's good. That's a positional truth of what God does. But now we are to live that experientially, vitally. We are to live that separation. Well, how do we do that? Well, we've got to stay full of the Holy Ghost in order to do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, now let's look <clears throat> At some other verses of Scripture that talks about this fervency. First of all, uh, this word fervent comes from the Greek word zeo. Amen. And actually, this Greek word means to boil with heat. It means to boil with heat. It means to be hot. Hallelujah. That's the Greek definition. But notice, I'm going to run through some scriptures here. Uh, Acts chapter 18, verse 25. This is speaking of uh, the, uh, the disciple, uh, the, the apostle Apollos. Uh, this man was instructed in the way of the Lord. Being fervent in the spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord. We'll look at this a little bit later. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 11 uh, we've already mentioned this verse of Scripture, not slothful, be not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 7, and not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you when he told us of your earnest, notice that, of your earnest desire, your Mourning your fervent 
mind toward me. Praise God. And that's the Greek word zelon. It means to be fervent. Amen. And how about James chapter 5, verse 16? Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, in Peter's writings, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. Four. Amen. Notice that. Four. Well, let's back up a little bit. And above all these things have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sin. And then the second epistle of the apostle Peter, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, the which the heavens shall pass away and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. And then looking at verse 12 of second Peter chapter three, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the Lord when the elements shall melt with fervent heat. See, that's a boiling point. Praise God. So all of these passages of Scripture teach us that we must keep our spirit at a boiling point. Amen. Just effervescent, just boiling over. How many times have you put water on a stove to boil and, and you left, that, you left that, uh, that pot of water alone and then it bubbled over onto the thing? That's exactly what uh, our life is to be, effervescent, always boiling over. Amen. Praise God. And we do this, why? Because that's exactly how Jesus lives his life. That's how he lived his life when he was down here on earth. He was fervent in his earnest desire to go to Jerusalem. Amen. To go to the cross. He was fervent to go to the cross. He set his face as flint to go to Jerusalem, knowing exactly what would befall him there. Praise God. Well, if that's the way Jesus lived, then that's the way you and I should live. So we're going to look a little bit further into this word fervent. Once again, it's the Greek word zeo, and it means to boil with heat. It means to boil water. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's a reference to us being boiling over with love and with zeal for the things of God. It also means to be fervent in spirit. Amen. To be earnest. To be fervid. To be earnest. Praise God. Now, once again, Acts chapter 18, verse 25, Apollos was instructed. Now, this is we're going to look here at the results of being fervent. Notice there's always a reward. You're not doing this without reward. There's always a reward. You're not doing it for a reward, but a reward comes because of us acting upon the word of God. Notice once again, Acts 18, verse 25. Apollos was instructed in the way of the Lord, being fervent in the spirit. Notice, fervent in the spirit. And as a result, he diligently taught the word of God. See, being fervent in spirit causes us to diligently do the things that God has called us to do, to diligently teach the word. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, how about Second uh, Corinthians chapter seven, verse seven? You know, Paul was writing to the Corinthian church, talking to them about having a fervent mind. Amen. Hallelujah. And this Corinthian church, Paul exhorts to be 
to have a fervent mind. Well, what is a fervent mind? It creates an earnest desire. See, fervency creates an earnest desire. When you put water on the stove to boil, all those molecules, they get stirred up. They start running together. Amen. Well, that's what happens in our spirit. Amen. When we plan to be fervent in the things of God, it stirs our spirit up, praise God, and creates in us that earnest desire to do the will of God. And let me tell you something. There are a lot of believers that are not fervent. They're not fervent at all. I mean, you won't find them in the house of God. You won't find them of regular church attenders. Why? Because they're not fervent. That's not important to them. Slack concerning the word of God, slack concerning prayer, slack concerning allowing the Holy Spirit or to be aglow with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they're not fervent. These things aren't important to them. But now if they would immediately, like right now, immediately change that, change their heart attitude and begin to work towards fervency of spirit, then all of a sudden, I mean, the Holy Spirit is going to reward He is. He's going to bring reward. And then we'll find ourselves, you know, just constantly having the word of God, having the things of God on our mind. Amen. Not not missing church. And if we have to miss church for some reason, it burdens us. Amen. Why? Because we want to be in the house of God. We want to worship God with our fellow believers. We want to have fellowship with those of like precious faith. Amen. Praise God. Well, how about James chapter five, verse 16? This was Elijah, you know, and the great thing that happened in uh, uh, on Mount Carmel when uh, he went up after the, the prophets of Baal were defeated. He went up to the top of the mountain, very crest. And he began to pray and he prayed seven times. In other words, he prayed through and the rain came. Praise God. Hallelujah. And, and it talks in James talks about how the the earnest, heartfelt, continual prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. See, that's the result of fervency makes tremendous power available in prayer. Amen. Where we actually begin to roll back the powers of darkness. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. But now I want to finish out this session. I want to read to you. Uh, an excerpt out of uh, Acts chapter 19. This is Paul at Ephesus. And this is an example of fervency. Notice this, Acts chapter 19, beginning in verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? See, Paul was just ever ready all the time, ever ready. Why? Because he maintained a fervency. And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came upon them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. See, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the outward evidence that one is filled with the Holy Ghost is that he is going to speak in other tongues. Amen. That's throughout the book of Acts. We don't need to debate that. We don't need to try to change the word of God. That's the word. That's how it comes. Just accept that. Accept the word that it is true. And then seek for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And when you receive him, amen, you will. God will give you, the Holy Ghost will give you the words to speak in other tongues. Amen. Praise God. And that it will be a flowing stream of fervency and edification for the rest of your life here on this earth. Amen. Now, verse seven, and all the men were about 12. And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. Notice that for three months. Amen. Preaching to a bunch of cabbage heads that were not willing to believe. Amen. Let's move on. Verse nine. But when diverse were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. And this continued by the space of two years. Now we're talking about fervency. Fervency is a no quit attitude. Amen. Praise God. Why? Because Paul knew what was going to happen and he was willing to invest the time to make sure that it did. So that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases parted from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Then certain of the vagabond Jew exorcists took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, a chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? And the man in whom this evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. So you, get, you, got, you got to know Jesus. Amen. Uh, his name is not a token. It's not a rabbit's foot. What gives power in the name of Jesus is the fact that we have received him and God has given us the right and the privilege to become sons of God. Now, verse 17. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling in Ephesus. And fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Now listen to this. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also which had used curious arts brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they accounted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Now, I can't go into all the specifics of this passage of Scripture, but you can see right there how Paul won out. And he won out, why? Because of fervency. He wouldn't quit. He fought the good fight of faith. He laid hold on eternal life, not only for himself, but for all those that he was ministering to, and he won a great victory. You also will win a great victory. If you maintain your fervency, stay aglow of the Holy Spirit, 
fall in love with the word of God. Put the word in every area of your life. Apply the word of God to it. Stay in the word of God day and night. Meditate it in day and night. And your profiting will appear to all. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you today. We thank you for fervency. We thank you for the Holy Ghost who will witness and who will testify and who will reward us if we'll just put into practice the things that your word tells us to do. And we give you thanks for that, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.